Hi, I'm Franny and you're listening to Into the World Podcast, a light-hearted conversational podcast about all things birth and motherhood. Each week I speak to a different parent about the ups and downs of their journey. I really hope you enjoy connecting with these stories and that you have a bit of a laugh along the way. Because if you can't laugh at this crazy journey, I don't know when you can. Hi guys, this week I'm talking to my mum. I thought it'd be really fun to talk to my mum. One, because she's my mum and she's a great human, but also because she's fairly funny. I thought she'd have some insight into what it was like to have a baby sort of, well, I'm pushing 35 now, so about 34, 35 years ago. And yeah, I just wanted to get sort of an opinion from somebody who did it way back when. But also I thought it'd be kind of nice because that's where this all kind of started really was with me and how I came into the world. So yeah, I thought I would chat to her. I hope you enjoy the conversation. It's pretty funny in places and I think it just sort of shows our relationship and what a great person and character my mum is. Even if she's a bit of a hater of dummies, I think we can forgive her for that. Anyway, thanks mum, because I know that I totally rope you into this. I don't think you really even knew what a podcast was before I started doing this. And I know that my dad listens too, so hi, Dad. <laughs> and yeah, I just hope everyone enjoys listening to my family's story as well as some of the others. So enjoy. <laughs> oh, you did it. Yeah, I don't know how I did it. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> you clicked on the link. <laughs> This is a challenge, isn't it, really? <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe you're in Canada and I'm sitting in London. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'll get started because... Um, Time is a Exactly. So you're my mum, obviously. Uh, you've had just me and my sister. I'm the eldest. And my sister, Alexandra, is... Is she two and a half years younger than me? Two and three quarters. Two and three quarters, okay. Two years and nine months younger than me and oh, we're quite old now so <laughs> when you gave true. when you gave birth it was a bit of a different time ago which I thought would be nice to talk to you for that reason and obviously you gave birth in England because that's where I'm from and you're from but did you have you had a midwife right yes okay I thought so yeah. um I was just checking I didn't know if it was like different then in any way but um, no no when when one. did you know when did you know you first wanted children I got really broody when I was 30 30 yeah. and then you you had me when you were 32 yeah I knew I was broody I knew I wanted children at 30 and I got really broody quite soon after that mm-hmm. but I was ready for them if you know what I mean and I got really broody yeah I will tell you the story about that no so what happened so you just is that was you tracking when you was ovulating yeah and, and i couldn't work out why i wasn't pregnant <laughs> Um, 
because you have the thermometer upside down in your mouth. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. And how did how did you realise you'd been doing it upside down? I did not Dad caught me. <laughs> he said, oh, oh, God. God. I said, oh, I don't know. I'm not doing anything because he didn't want me to do it. <laughs> oh, oh my God. So he caught you with the thermometer in upside well, he down. He made a cup of tea, and when he came upstairs, I, I didn't hear him come upstairs, and the thermometer stood in my mouth, and he said, what's that doing in your mouth? He said, it would help, Jack, if it was up, up the right way. Right. <laughs> I'd only been doing it for six months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I know. Anyway, so, as soon as so that's up, up the right way, I think we hit the jackpot. So that's all right. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's hilarious. So, when you was pregnant, how did you find being pregnant? Did you like being pregnant? No, I didn't like being pregnant. What did you not like about it? I had a metal taste in my mouth the whole time, and I was continually nauseous through for nine months, and I didn't yeah. enjoy any of it for one minute. Um, in either pregnancy, what was me both, or Alex? Yeah, both both babies. Yeah, so I had the same problem. experience. No, I mean just go through it because you want a baby. But um, yeah. Was there it. any was there any high points though? Despite not enjoying the overall experience. Well, obviously having 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 birth with, with both of the two of you, so that was the high point. Just getting to the baby at the end, basically. Yeah, I mean the first three months you feel yuck. Third, yeah. second three months, you feel fine. And then the third three months, you feel fat. <laughs> and then, that sounds you know, about right. I had a very high, I, my, baby, my babies were high, so I couldn't eat hardly anything, although you wouldn't have known that by the size of me. Um, <laughs> so, when you say high, do you mean like the bump was sitting up really high? Yeah. No, up high to my boobs. So oh, right. every, as soon as I ate, I felt full up. Right. Not that you'd notice but, from the size of my thighs and my bottom, but there you go. <laughs> so with me, tell us about my birth, because with me, you, I was two weeks overdue, wasn't I? He was, yeah. Well, when I went to the doctors, I discovered at 36 weeks that he was breech, and he said, oh, it's no problem because you'll probably turn. Anyway, you didn't turn, and then I was two weeks overdue, so they insisted that I went into hospital to be induced. Mm -hmm. So I went into Chase Farm in Enfield, that's because that's where he was born. And after um, two days, I didn't get one twinge with all the inducement pills. I kept on waking. I'd had a good night's sleep, and I had, <laughs> I had you know, any twinges. So the consultant came to see me, obviously, on the day that he was born, and said, uh, oh, no, the day before. And he said, look, you've been here for two days. We haven't been able to induce you. You're not even remotely looking to have any signs of having a baby. And he said, that tells me you're going to have a long and arduous birth and you're breech and it's your first baby and I highly recommend a C-section. So I was very disappointed, obviously, because like all new mothers, you all want to have the best birth. And so I was upset, yeah. but I agreed. I agreed to have the cesarean the next morning and that was by a general anaesthetic. And in those... So is that how they... Is that how they did it then for everyone, or did they just do that for you particularly? They did it for me because, what general you mean? Yeah, like did everybody have a general anaesthetic, like go under kind of thing? I didn't, ha I didn't have, then you could have an epidural, but there was some bad press. 
So I had the choice of a general and uh, an epidural, but the press was so bad at that at that the time. Then you just... say when you say the bad press, like what were people saying would happen if you had an epidural? That you know, if the needle goes in incorrectly, this, that, and the other, something could go wrong with your back, etc. Oh, that you could and be I'd... head paralyzed and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and all that sort of thing. Because it was a long time ago, obviously. Yeah, and, 35 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And at that time, I remember when you was born, there was real bad press at the time about some, not fatalities, but horrible things going wrong in, the, in epidurals. So we obviously we discussed it, and your dad and I decided, no, let's go for the safe option and take a general, which meant I didn't see you straight away because obviously I'm knocked out and um, you don't wake up for a couple of hours afterwards. Yeah. And um, was dad there, though? Was dad in the room? At the general, no. No, so no, who's outside? Essentially, essentially, you're knocked out, and I'm just coming out on my own. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> poor thing. I get to see you when I wake up and have a cuddle. Yeah, just no, no I, greeting. I, I don't know if Dad saw you first. I mean, he might have done. I can't remember. But in those yeah. days, I mean, I had my own room in an NHS hospital, and like, they they kept me in for seven days because that was norm. Wow, that kind of just goes to show, though, like how much of a thing having a C-section is that versus now, where they like whip you out and you're just meant to get on with it at home. Yeah, because it is such a big operation, isn't it? Oh yeah, it takes three months to get over. But <laughs> I mean, the nursing staff were really lovely. But and because you because you're all wired up. Obviously, you've mm-hmm. just had a major operation. You're all wired up. You've got a catheter in. You can't move. And what they, what I didn't know then, they kept me in bed for two days. So when they moved me, I literally could not get out of bed. It was horrific. I could hardly walk. Anyway, when I realised what they'd done wrong, because they obviously overlooked me and I didn't know, mm-hmm. I was making sure I was walking every day and, you know, I, I loosened Getting up, up and, and I was fine. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you know, because you get stiff if you lay in bed all day. But yeah, I, oh, yeah. I mean, I liked being in for seven days because I wanted the comfort of, of having the reassurance from like nurses and midwives and everybody. Yeah, of course, yeah. And then I went home and uh, got on with life as usual. But what was good about having the general and having a cesarean then? They said I had a heart heart shaped wound. And what is that again? It's where it's inverted, isn't it? Like your opening doesn't come out, is that right? I actually don't know. They just told me it was a heart-shaped wound. And in the olden days, that's how you'd have a stillbirth because you don't dilate normally Mm -hmm. and the baby can't come out and it all gets stuck. So they said, for my next child, I need to have an elective cesarean, Mm -hmm. which is um, what I did do. Yeah, but I mean, what's nice about cesareans is that you you always get a rating on your birth card, and the pair of you were ten out of ten. <laughs> As you would be, ten out of ten. Yeah, that's, you get that's squashed. reassuring. <laughs> you do. Oh, we did. Yeah, oh, you right. do get squashed. That's what you mean? Mm. You're not. You don't have forceps. You don't. No. Yeah, have cone head. Oh no, nothing like that. You come out yeah. very, very. Uh, well, Funny when both. When Bodie was born, I remember being like to Tim, oh, he doesn't have cone head, that's great. So I was looking at him square up, him turned into the side and he looked like a wizard. Because <laughs> like, he had this like pointed head. Oh, and it goes down, obviously. So how did you find the recovery from having a C-section? Like, because you've been put under, did that make you feel sort of woozy or whatever for a few days? Yeah, because you do get, you get a lot of phlegm on your chest and 
yeah, you have to. It's just a different experience, I suppose. Yeah, and you have to make sure. Sh- I mean, you can't hoover. They don't like you to go up and down stairs. I was living with in case Nan. Faint I was, or something. Yeah, I was living with Nan anyway, so she looked after me. So I was at home with her, and she did everything for me. All I did needed to do was breastfeed you and look after you. Yeah, and I stayed really with handy. her. I stayed with her for six weeks anyway. So, and then we moved. We moved into her house, and uh, I was fine after six weeks because then I could drive. Because you're not allowed to drive for six weeks. So once oh, yeah, I could I drive, I decided to go into my house. God. Did you have car seats then? No car seats. And what did you do? You was what, how did you, you put me in the car? I you used to be in the carry pot in the back seat. That's so funny now, and isn't I, it? I, I used it. to sloshing around. Yes, yeah, sloshing around. And I used <laughs> to um, nothing holding you in either. I mean that's mad, isn't it? It is when you think of it now. It's like, you know, smoking indoors, like it just seems like the car seats <laughs> didn't come into being until Alex got born. Right. Because we did have car seats then, but they were on the front seat. Like, yeah, now you can't even do that. And facing me. So I could see her. And so, not that she had a dummy, but if she did have a dummy, I could always put it in. But she, she didn't have one. But. but that's kind of funny too, because how distracted would you be with a baby facing you next to you? Like, well, it's, well, it's quite nice because they cry. I'm not like I could give her a bottle because she was breastfed. So, I mean... Is what it is. Yeah, I she guess was fine. I don't maybe remember you're... her being difficult in the in the in the chair. Anyway, she was fine. Uh, I'm envious of that. Okay, so after you gave birth, how did you feel? Did you get baby blues or anything? Or oh, definitely. Like you bypassed that? No, I didn't bypass anything. On day four, couldn't stop crying because yeah. I I knew I was crying, and I was thinking, why are you crying? Because <laughs> you're happy. You just had a baby girl, and you know she's gorgeous. This, that, and the other. And but you couldn't stop yourself. Couldn't stop crying. Both times, four yeah. days, on the dot, floods of tears. Yeah, I had that on day three. I remember coming out of the toilet. I'd just, like, <laughs> gone for a week or something. I'd come out, and I was, like, hysterically crying, and Tim was like, oh, is this the day? <laughs> I think so. I don't know yeah, what it is. Luckily, it didn't last beyond that. Yeah, I think it's when your milk comes in, isn't it? Like your body floods you with the hormones and I think your milk comes in on different days, different people. I mean, I know some people, obviously, they they do get depressed at that point or... um, No, I didn't get depressed. But I did did cry. You did have the the sort of typical day of blues. I I, I was in hospital. I had my room. I don't know why, probably because I was was a cesarean section. And I remember writing a little diary and saying, you know, how much... Why am I crying? <laughs> <laughs> Dear diary, why am I crying? Oh, no. Um, quite funny. So would you say that was, like, the worst of what you, of you feeling like that? And then you felt better afterwards? I only had that one day of blues, and I was fine. Literally. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And you must have got, I was about to say, I was about to ask you the question, like, what helped you at your worst? But I'm guessing if you was living with Nan for six weeks, you would have had that, like, round-the-clock support. I had round-the-clock support because you had colic. And I didn't know what that was until you were screaming one morning, uh, one or two o'clock in the morning, and I took you downstairs. And I couldn't contain you at all. And I got obviously really upset. And then came down, and the pair of us try to console you and we didn't know what it was but in those days we could give you gripe water to settle your tummy 
Are you, um, I think you can now. I just don't you? think. Not to a month. You're not allowed to do it for a month then. Okay. So I waited a month to give you the great water, but then you, you did have a bad case of colic because you was like that for three months. And at that time, I mean, you used to scream the house down. We used to take it in turns, you know, rocking you and whatever else. The doctors gave a medicine to, more or less to sedate you when you sort of got at your peak which mm. then was taken off the market. Not when you was born, but like years but later. Like years later. Years later that was taken off the market. I wonder I wonder why. I don't know, I can't remember, but they obviously tell I think it was like too strong if people will misused it or something maybe. Sedating a baby now seems quite extreme. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm, I'm saying sedate. I don't know if it's sedated or not. All I do know is it calmed you. Made it more dose. And yeah. it stopped you. It allowed you to be calm and stop screaming. Because, you know, there's so much you can do for such a long time trying to console a baby when they've got colic. As you know, because, yeah. yeah. you know, like what you experienced with Cub, or we both experienced with him, but, yeah, that's not even funny, is it? But day on, day no. out, for three months is not even funny. So I think probably after six weeks, I was beside myself. And I, I don't know where. Well, I, I just missed you then. I think it dropped out for a second. You said day in, day out. I'm you just saying, I, I think probably after six weeks, day in, day out, of you, know, you having colic and crying constantly, because uh, I was mm. breastfeeding. And apparently, breastfed children don't get colic. Well, I can tell you they do. It's quite funny, really, because I obviously breastfed for him for four months and he's been way better colic-wise, tummy-wise, everything else since I stopped. Oh, really? So I think that's a bit of a myth. Well, you know, like, since I've been giving him the bottle and he's on a schedule and, like, I know he's, ha he's full up because he's drank the whole bottle and so on, he's so much better. He's like a new baby, so... Yeah, so I don't know. Was on, something was going on, whether it be his tummy, whether it was colic, whether it was a mixture of all sorts of things. But I just think having a baby with colic is miserable. I'm surprised you wasn't depressed. No, I wasn't. I was more upset. I was upset. I wasn't depressed, mm -hmm. but worried, obviously. And I think I don't know when I went to the doctors to say, you know, this is this is not even funny anymore. Especially, you know, on the two or one o'clock feed in the early morning is horrific when you've got colic, a baby with colic. And yeah, that's so that's word, when they prescribe something to calm you. Mm -hmm. I don't know how often you took it. I probably only gave it to you, you know, on the worst days. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. you always seem to be worse at night than in the day, always. Quite um, common, isn't it? Yeah. I also found out later when he ha I found out he had reflux that often reflux is worse in the afternoon, evening because they've had like a build up of food. Yeah of food in the tummy and I think I mean obviously I'm not a medical professional but from what I've learned and my own experience then in the evening when you lay them on their back and they've had that build up of food I think it like sits there and the acid sort of builds up so if they're not on an incline which they usually aren't or they aren't allowed to be or whatever it's almost like the worst for them at that point but you're trying to get sleep and you're trying to put them down and yeah I think that's like when it really hits people anyway yeah I wasn't <laughs> depressed I was fine and um, I mean we got over that and once once that three months finished I mean it was just like you was another child yeah, it didn't stop you so it didn't stop you you fed every four hours it didn't stop you you know sleeping a few nights and drinking. 
podcast is kindly brought to you by Rascal and Friends Premium Diapers. They are by far the cutest diapers I have ever tried. But not only that, they really stand up to the test of what you want from a diaper. I've had far less blowouts since using them. I find them to be really, really absorbent. And I really find because I have kids with such sensitive skin, that since using them, it's been way less of an issue. They almost have this like soft, cottony touch on the inside, even when wet, but it keeps all the moisture away. You really have to try them for yourself to realize what I'm talking about. But if you want to do that, then please go give them a follow at Rascal and Friends on Instagram and at Rascal and Friends CA on Facebook. You can also check out their website, www.rascalandfriends.ca. You can find them in Walmart if you're one of my Canadian listeners, or I believe they're now being sold in Tesco's in the UK. So go check them out and I can assure you, you will not be disappointed. Plus, your kids will look super cute in them. Enjoy. My next question was, what would your advice be to anyone else who's sort of having a C-section or has a similar birth pattern where they're not, they know that they're going to be induced and that kind of thing? What my advice would be to someone who's having a C-section. Yeah, like if you had a friend, I mean, obviously different at your age, you probably don't have a friend who's about to give birth. <laughs> but if I was coming to you saying, oh, mum, I think I've got to have a C-section, what would your advice be? I would tell you to join the NCT because they're a wealth of information. And they gave me a lot of tips and a lot of help in the early days. And I could, obviously, when you've had a major operation, you've got a scar. I had stitches. And mm-hmm. so I, <laughs> you could buy these very sexy knickers off of them, which yeah, allowed your body to breathe. And, mm-hmm. yeah, so they were very helpful, very, very helpful. Like adult diapers then, like adult nappies almost. They were just very airy knickers, so that you, your, you know, your <laughs> your, your bits breathe. Your bits, bits could breathe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I suppose NCT is a bit like my mum, there, isn't it? Like was, where was, you go to like meet your friends. Yeah, yeah. With similar it, age children. Yeah, it's extremely important before and after. But I didn't go to the NCT before. I was working in London, living in Wiltshire, and packed up two weeks before, didn't have time, rushing, rushing around, didn't really have time for any of that. I didn't do any, I only did a couple of antenatal classes at the hospital. Did you? But yeah, I mean, I was totally did people? Did people do them then, though? Was that like a common thing to do? Well, I feel like now most people do. It wasn't really. Oh, right. They did do them, but I mm. didn't go to any of them because they were always in the evening mm-hmm. dad got home late we could never get to them so yeah. that never worked for us so I did a couple during the day when I packed up work literally like two weeks before the birth don't laugh and went <laughs> went during the day to the antenatal class at the hospital um right. which, on your own on my own I went on my own and which was no help at all, really, because I was having a cesarean. Too little, too late. Yeah, too little, too late. Yeah. But I went. And you I didn't have I a C-section. Wanted, I just think I wanted to go, you know. I'm not sure. Yeah, why I went. to be part of the experience. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. And then, um, obviously, you had my sister tell us about her birth, because that was quite a different, wasn't it? I mean, you still had a C-section, but... 
Yeah, well, I obviously, when I had her, I was in a different area. I had Alex in Harlow. So when I saw my midwife and my doctor, I told them my experiences. So she was already booked in for the yeah, prepped for um, cesarean. And I, I, she was due on the 5th of May. And her mm -hmm. birthday is the 3rd of May, as you're well aware of. Yeah, and I packed up work on the Friday, the 1st of May. And I got home, I don't know, ridiculous time, 7 o'clock. And I did feel tired. I thought I had a bit yeah. of a backache all, all day, but I didn't take too much notice of that sitting, um, sitting at a typewriter. So, and I got home and I had a show, so that panicked me. And I rang my midwife straight away and I said, oh, what am I supposed to do? I'm not having my baby till next week. <laughs> she said, well, you've really got to go to bed and lay down and do nothing, which I did. And then oh, early in the morning, I started having contractions quite close together. And I thought, oh, dear, what am I, I'm not supposed to be doing all of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this isn't the plan. No, this is not the plan. So Dad took me into hospital, obviously, early in the morning because we got to a certain stage. And I thought, oh, we better go in. I didn't have any idea. And they, when I got there, they said, you know, how many minutes apart? I can't remember what it was. But they basically sent me home again and said, you know, your contractions are not close enough. And I said, but I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to have the baby <laughs> as, as a cesarean. I'm not supposed to have a normal birth. So um, yeah. but I just think it was holiday bank, bank holiday weekend. They didn't want right. me there. And they didn't want me there until they needed me, until I absolutely needed to be there. Right, so they were just sort of... So I just went home. Getting rid of you. Yeah, and the con contractions did go away, in all fairness to them. And so that Saturday, I didn't do too much, rested, etc. And, of course, you know, in the middle of the night again, the contractions come. And so we were back up the hospital <laughs> in the morning because it all started yeah. again. And they kept me in. And I had Alex at 11.15 that morning, 3rd of May. I wanted to have an epidural. They didn't offer me there and then. They knew I was going to have an epidural. Because I had a general review, I really wanted to be awake. Oh, my second to meet her. Yeah, cool. That all went wrong because... Oh, yeah, tell us what happened with her birth. Yeah. You, so she you came obviously, out, right? Yeah, she came out 10 out of 10, but yeah, she did. it didn't sound like a 10 out of 10 for you. No, it wasn't. Yeah, tell us about that. So, obviously, the anaesthetist comes in because they have to... What's the word when they... Oh, they numb your tummy. And, and, yeah. he, and he did all of that. And as we're going into theatre... He's putting pins in, he's putting a needle into my stomach, stomach, you know, lower tummy. And he said, can you feel that? And I said, absolutely, I can. He said, oh, you'll be all right. That'll wear off in a minute. It'll or, come in. You come mean in. it'll come in in a minute? Yeah, yeah, not wear off, but wear on in a minute. So I said, yeah. well, you better be right about that. <laughs> oh, well, anyway, <laughs> cut a long story short. I don't want to upset anybody. <laughs> but I did feel it all. And so, because I went into complete shock and I thought I was dying. And I your complete... epidural basically didn't work, did it? No. No, it didn't. So I went into complete shock. Thought I was going to throw up and die. I don't know what happened because I went out cold. And, right, you um, had to be passed out. Yeah, and they put oxygen on me and all sorts of things. I don't know what happened. I just know that I was not awake. So I missed it second time round as well. But Dad had Alex, so that was fine. And yeah. my recovery was a lot quicker from having this shock so I was awake a lot quicker yeah 
but it obviously wasn't very pleasant to pass out through the pain. No, it wasn't at all. So did they apologise? Nothing was said. And when the midwife came to see me, or the health visitor came to see me after Alex was born, I said, look, I'm really upset because it's completely ruined my experience. And, you know, if I told the anaesthetist once, did tell him twice, you know, top me up, he said, no, you can't have any more. You've had the, the maximum, whatever. So, and I said, I'd quite like to complain. I said, but I'm not going to because I think everybody's, you know, got enough on their plate. And I said, she did come out 10, 10 out of 10. So I've got no... You know, How very that. British to I'm not complain. I know. So I didn't. <laughs> I passed out through the pain. You didn't give me an epidural. I didn't meet my baby, but I, I don't like to complain. <laughs> well, I think if she, if there was an issue with her, I think I definitely would have done. And but you know, yeah, hospitals are hospitals. So yeah, and I, I breastfed both of you, so the same amount of time. And um, what was it? Six months? Five months. Five months for both of you. Yeah. And I had mastitis at six weeks with both of you as well, which is a bit of a pain. It's like you've got flu. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I yeah. had that briefly when I gave up breastfeeding with Bodhi. Yeah, feel as if you got flu. Very nice. Yeah, feel as if you got flu, and I felt really sick as well. And obviously, your boobs feel like they're on fire. Oh, or God, yeah. I mean, as long as you as long as you breastfeed through all of that, you're fine. Yeah, I made the mistake of giving up while I did it. So, oh, oh no, you can't give up. You have wasn't fun. No, yeah. So, and, and everything went fine with her afterwards. You, yep, sort of had a similar experience the second time around. Yeah. Obviously, I'd still I had a cesarean by mm -hmm. a dural, not by a general. So I still had to recover. But again, I mean, Nan wasn't living with us then, but she did come round every day. Yeah. She did all the washing, ironing, you know, etc. So for that first six weeks, because just get men, men then mom. didn't have paternity leave. Dad didn't get two weeks off. No, no, nothing, nothing. So he could have. Two so weeks he literally off. went back to work. Yep. So he could he could have had two weeks holiday, but it would have eaten into our holiday time. So because in those days you didn't have paternity. Uh, leave right. as a man so both times he went straight back to work and we kept well, that must have been hard or well, I suppose you don't I know just any different to be honest I, I was used to it so I didn't even consider it I mean then come, she came round every day and helped me so you know I wasn't that far away was I so she'd, she'd come round right. um, it wasn't a plain ride let me <laughs> no so yeah she did all the things that her husband would do so it was fine she probably did a better job, to be honest. Yeah, I think she probably would have prepared the dinner or half prepared it or done something and, you know, come back the next day. Yeah. So it was do a you lot think of work it's, for her. Do you think it's easier now to have kids or when Absolutely it was... easier now to have children. Oh, do you? What, in what way? What things do you think are easier? Well, you get a car slot now, m mother and baby, so car parking, you get a space either side. I used to have to park. You didn't get those privileges then. Right. So you, you only had an ordinary car parking space. Um, <laughs> such a random thing to say. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> you can park with space either side to get your baby out. Well, I used to have, yeah, to, true. I used to, have to squeeze my body in and out of the car check door 
to get you out. I mean, it was a nightmare. No one cared whether you had a baby or not. That's you so had to funny. deal with it. And so she from the car parking spot. Aside from the car parking spot. <laughs> what else is easier now? <laughs> Everything. Oh, you, okay. you can, look, I mean, I didn't... Google, you can, you're, I'm saying Google and stuff. No, um, well, I didn't use bottles. I didn't have to sterilise anything, but your bottles you can sterilise in the microwave. Well, we couldn't do that then. Okay. Um, yeah, there's lots of advances and things that are either gadgets or whatever that help you. But don't you think? Yeah, I thought you were going to say the other way around because I think that there's a lot more pressure on people to do, you know, to be this way, to be that way. People judging people more. Um, you do. Well, there's I, more I million things on the internet to confuse you as where you probably just got on and did it in the best way you felt. Right, as in, like, you followed your instincts a bit more. I think I think we did, but I think it was a misguided conception to think that people didn't judge you. Of course they did. I mean, neither one of you had a dummy. I was, mm -hmm. but, they, but you didn't seem to need one. As long as I picked you up when you cried, yeah, or comforted you when you cried, and I didn't want you to have a dummy because I didn't like them. And so but I you've was, met my kids, and I, you would give them a dummy, wouldn't you? Well, only because you do. I wouldn't otherwise. Oh, I do it because you've it's been at my house and you've you've been like, oh, he needs a dummy. Yes, because that's because you've promoted it and I'm going with the flow. Nothing to do with me. It's not my child. But no, but I was in complete control of that child and I had him from day one. I wouldn't have wanted at any stage to give him a dummy. Remember, okay. you had colic. I never gave you a dummy even through the colic. And I tell you what, I did give you. I used to give you a little bit of muslin. I'm joking. I was joking. I said whiskey. <laughs> no, 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 no. It wasn't that bad. I used to give you a bit of a muslin to suck, just to try and soothe you, because we tried everything. And I didn't. What's give the you a difference dummy. between that and a dummy, though? A bit of. I feel like your generation is a bit like a uh, dummy haters. Well, I don't like dummies, as you know. But I mean, that's up to you what you do. Nothing to do with me. But in the colic stage, and I, I only I think give people the try anything. Absolutely, I, I did, but I never resorted to a dummy. I just never went out and bought one. That was the end of it. Because you went straight from the boob to a cup. Alex didn't. She went straight from the boob to a bottle to a cup. Um, oh, she loved that bottle. She did love that bottle, but the birdies came and took it away. They flew in that window, picked up that bottle, and it went. That was the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe I'm lucky. She was fine at some point. She was fine. She only took a um, rain for a day and then she was fine. Forgot about it. Of course, yeah. Yeah, um, it was fine. That wasn't the answer I was expecting. So, Jim, what do you think it's easier now? <laughs> well, you've, uh, got it, you've got it made. Thank God days. for car parking spaces. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to make it out. There isn't you've always got... that many mother and baby spots, but anyway. <laughs> Well, you can go to the disabled, can't you, these days? I don't know. No, you, you definitely can't go disabled. I think, no, you can't. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that. If you have a mum fail or a funny memory that sticks out with either of us, with either of us. Um, well, a funny memory for me was I used to have this little walker for Alex. She used to love yeah. it. You both walked at nine months. I mean, which yeah. is I can't even ridiculous. Imagine. No, no, it's ridiculous. You kind of 
set up, crawled, and walked like very quickly in one go. Virtually, as you can see, I mean, at nine months walking is early, isn't it? I walked oh, yeah. months as well. I don't know why. I don't know, but you you both did early. But she was whizzing around the kitchen in this little walker. Eight months, she had all my cupboards out, of course, but she was only allowed the Tupperware cupboard that she could wreck. That was all right. But she yeah. used to love that little walker, and I think. You're not allowed these these days because they're on yours are sta stationary, aren't they? Yeah, Fine. I think you're allowed wheels. them in England. I don't think anybody's got them with the wheels because I used to have it with wheels, and she used to. So did you? Used to not use so much. Actually, I don't think I did have one with you. It's only with Alex. Yeah, and she used to whiz around that kitchen, and she used to love it. Oh, and well, I could go into loads of funny stories. Well, give us yeah. one that sticks out. Well, Alex. You was always a perfect eater, but Alex kind of missed her mouth, so I used to have to shower her down three times a day, really, put a little shower cap on her head so that all the food didn't go in her hair. <laughs> <laughs> that used to be... But anyway, that was quite funny. I used to think it was funny, but, yeah. Well, I like, literally hose her down with the outside garden hose. No. Oh, no. I was going to say. No. <laughs> I've got this vision of you jet-washing her. <laughs> no, what I meant was, you know, then you've got to wash her down. She's got all the bibs on and she's got the plastic bib, she's got the plastic hat, the shower plastic hat. <laughs> of course, the food oh, is all over the, the high chair and it's all over the floor. So, you know, it's a major operation three times a day. I mean, she used to eat some of it, but most of it went in the hair. Well, that's why she had to have the hat on, because I thought, I can't keep washing her hair. Yeah. She so that was always funny. She did. Oh, she used hilarious. to let you put it all on her as well. She didn't mind. <laughs> she didn't mind. Was she hilarious. was hysterical. A mum fowl. Oh, I'm sure there's plenty. Not that I can remember. Too long ago. Mum fowl. Can't think of anything. I'm, just, I'm sure, I'm sure there's plenty. It doesn't have to be a mum fowl. I feel like just something funny all day. But you've those two stories are pretty amusing. I feel like my last question to you doesn't really apply. If you had one day without kids, what would you do if you spent your time? But if you had one day, you'd probably spend it with your kids rather than just Well, absolutely, around. of course. doesn't really apply to your age group. It'd be the opposite. Yeah, it'd be like fly over and have a day with your grandchildren and the other way around. But yeah, of course. Oh, that was amusing talking to you. That, um, <laughs> that dummy situation, by the way. Yeah. Carry on. I wouldn't, uh, you said I would I put the dummy in his mouth. Of course I do, because he's used to it. I'm not going to take it away from him. No, no, no. But, wicked nanny. But when Cub had, you met Cub, he hadn't had a dummy because he wouldn't take it. And when he had colic, both of us were desperate and we we're like, put the dummy in, do this, do because that. Because you'd done it with Bodie. I mean, I thought you was the first but your dummy. original, your original point was, Babies don't want dummies, they want a cuddle. But he definitely didn't want a cuddle. <laughs> he wanted a dummy. I think well, I think yeah. if you... Yeah, it's, we can agree to disagree. Yeah, um, because like, I'm only there for a few days, aren't I? So it's difficult to... And you're going to do it anyway, so it is what it is. Um, yeah, and I yeah. think I think dummies... I'm not going to prolong... I'm not going to prolong the agony, am I, if that's what you want to do anyway so just get on with it i don't mind hi oh well, good i'm glad to hear that <laughs> if um yeah i would have i think anyway look it's a long time ago now 
and I, I don't know. A lot of my friends have damage to their babies. I, I don't know how. I don't know. Just. I you think both the thing two is, good it, babies. Uh, I think you just didn't need a dummy. Yeah, like you, it sounds like you didn't really have much trouble with us sleeping. Or no, you didn't. A lot of the big things that have like really affected me, which is lack of sleep, um, and not having particularly with Cub a good sleeper. That I used it to have drives I, you to a different a different level. place to make different choices. Yeah. yeah, we used to feed every the pair of you used to feed every four hours, like clockwork. And that mm. didn't allow you any time in between, really, because, like, by the time you finish one feed, you're on the next feed, mm-hmm. as you are well aware of. Yeah. And But, yeah, I was in a strict routine on bedtime because I needed my sleep. So as soon as you went to bed, I went to bed to cope yeah. with the hours, obviously, because don't go through the night initially. No. And I didn't mind getting up early. That was never the issue with me. But getting woken up at 1, 2, 2 a.m. in the morning was... Yeah. Brutal. Brutal, absolutely. So what if I got you to sleep through till five, to me that was a night's sleep. Oh, yeah, I think if, uh, to me that's a night's sleep too, like now. Um, I don't like getting up at five, but if he's slept from like six or seven all the way through till five, I'm not going to be Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I thank you for talking to me. That's all right. How did you enjoy your first podcast? I'm impressed. You are. Oh, good. So you should be. I thought. You can tell all your friends you've done a podcast now. How can I talk for an hour? Well, you've managed it. You could normally talk for an hour. I don't know what you're worried about. (laughs) Anyway, it's um, yeah, it's been nice talking to you. I'll um, I'll sign off and then probably give you a call back in a minute. (laughs) Yeah. All right. You'll ring me back. All right. right, Yeah. Yeah. Will do. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.